So maybe the Mariners should just face the best pitchers in baseball all the time. For some inexplicable reason, that's actually worked out pretty well for them thus far. We're going to be talking about last night's win in Toronto and get you set for a big series in Boston on today's episode of Locked On Mariners. Colby, hit it. You are Locked On Mariners, your daily Seattle Mariners podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. It is Thursday, May 19th, 2022, and this is the Locked On Mariners podcast. Thank you so much for making us your first listen of the day. We are free and available on all platforms. I am your host, Tidying Gonzalez, reporter and editor at allseahawks.com. Joined, as always, by my co-host, Colby Patno. Be sure to follow the show on Twitter at LO underscore Mariners. You can follow me at Dan Gonzalez, that's D-A-N-E-G-N-Z-L-Z, and Colby at CPAT11, that's C-P-A-T-1-1. Be sure to also check out our Patreon at patreon.com forward slash control the zone. We typically post two additional shows on there every week and get into some bigger ideas and bigger topics, whereas Locked On Mariners covers more of the day-to-day with the M's. We also get into some non-baseball discussions on there as well. It's a fun time, so be sure to check it out. Again, that's patreon.com forward slash control the zone. And if this is your first time joining us here on the Locked On Mariners podcast, welcome to the show. If you like what you hear, give us a follow or subscribe wherever you're listening to this. And if you're watching us on YouTube, hit the subscribe button, turn on the notification bell, and give this video a thumbs up we greatly appreciate it so we're going to be talking about uh last night's win in toronto a five to one win over the blue jays we're also going to be talking about tonight's matchup uh with the red sox starting a four game set down in uh boston and um we're also going to be looking at the minor leagues a little bit talking some kyle lewis talking some evan white emerson hancock maybe even edwin arroyo we'll get into a lot of it uh but let's get into uh to last night's win, um, the Mariners go into the last night's game trying to avoid a sweep. They're facing Kevin Gossman, who's arguably been one of the best pitchers in baseball, if not the best pitcher in baseball this year, uh, here in the early going. And uh, they get four hits off of him in the first inning and only walk away with one run, however, because, you know, of course, base is loaded, less than two outs. What are the Mariners going to do? They're not going to be able to capitalize. Uh, this time it was Julio Rodriguez grounding into a double play, which is a pretty rare occurrence. But you know, with the with how hard he hits the ball, that's going to happen sometimes. Um, but uh, yeah, they ended up scoring five runs in this game. Cal Raleigh with a home run, Ty France with a home run, Abraham Toro with uh, an insurance home run as well at the end of this game. Uh, but the story in this one, Marco Gonzalez, who. I mean, that dog in him meme that's been going around the last couple of weeks or so, I, I think that is just made for Marco Gonzalez. He's been the MVP of this road trip thus far, right, Coley? Yeah, um, not a lot of options. So, uh, true. On a th- three true. and three road trip so far. Um, but yeah, I mean, anytime you, you know, you out pitch, and I mean, this is just. I guess technically he did because the team's his team won both times, but whatever semantics. Anytime you outpitch uh, Max Scherzer and then followed up by outpitching Kevin Gossman uh, in the same calendar week, that's a that's a pretty good week, I would say. Mm-hmm. So, uh, yeah, it was it was a uh, you know another gutty performance. He's going up against a guy who is his superior. I mean, in all reality. Uh, and he just, you know, didn't care. He was better, went deeper, got more outs, gave up fewer runs. I mean, like, he just, and he did it all without 
dominating. Um, he only had four whiffs on 42 swings. Uh, but at the same time, uh, you look at the, uh, the old box score here and he, uh, he, I believe gave up, uh, five hard hit balls, uh, in this game, uh, six hard hit balls in this game and in six innings against that right-handed heavy lineup without dominating stuff. It's, it's pretty good. It's pretty good. So, mm-hmm. uh, Marco, you know, gave the team exactly what they needed. Uh, he has been, I mean, I don't want to say a stopper quite, but, uh, you know, again, it's, you go up against two games where if I told you the Mariners were going to go three and three, you would have said, oh, well, okay, they probably lost, uh, they probably lost to Gossman and Scherzer and maybe Barrios and, and, you know, they beat, beat up on the other guys and nope, <laughs> not the case. And that's because of Marco who just, you know, flat out dominated. And, you know, honestly, he might've been able to go seven. Uh, he was only at 86 pitches when they took him out. Uh, worked out just fine for the Mariners, though, so uh, no reason to, you know, uh, jump on Scott's service for that decision. So, uh, mm-hmm. yeah, he was he was great. Yeah, and then you know, considering how this series had gone up to this point, uh, this was a pretty impressive outing for the offense as well. Even with the uh, disappointing ends of the first inning, uh, to be able to get out of this one with just uh, five innings pitch from Gossman and only three strikeouts. I mean, he's uh, let's see here, he's twelfth right now in baseball in K's per nine at ten point two six. Jesse Winker also walked uh, walked uh, in his uh, first at bat. Uh, which was, or, or second at bat, which was Gossman's um, third walk of the year. The entire year. He's only walked three people, and Jesse Winker was was one of them. So to be able to do that, they also had, uh, they also produced four hard-hit balls in this game. Um, Kevin Gossman doesn't give up hard contact that much either. So this, all around, what they were able to do against Gossman was perfect. It's exactly what you kind of described on yesterday's episode that uh, the Mariners pretty much had to be perfect. This had to be one of those games where either Marco, you know, uh, was damn near at his best and uh, and the offense or the offense, um, you know, scored four or five runs and they kind of got a bit of both uh, mm-hmm. in this one. And uh, yeah, this game just really couldn't have gone any better, I would say, for the Mariners considering the circumstances. Yeah, they had a really good game plan off of Gossman. It's kind of similar to the game plan we discussed yesterday where you almost just have to sit on the fastball um, and be prepared to look foolish on the splitter. Um, the first inning, I don't believe they swung at a single splitter. Um, it was They were going to take that pitch. They were going to make uh, Gossman beat him, beat them with his fastball. Um, and you know, to Gossman's credit, he threw the ball uh, quite well, um, not quite as well as he had. Uh, prior to the start, but uh, yeah, he threw 40 fastballs. The Mariners swung at 25 of them, and they didn't whiff once. Mm. Uh, they were on the fastball. They put it in play. They fouled it off. Uh, you know, it, the the splitter he threw 37 times. The Mariners only swung at it 18 times, and they only whiffed on it five times. Um, that's a uh, 28% whiff rate. You look at Gossman's uh, season mark, um, <clears throat> he was generating – whiffs on the on the splitter 43 percent of the time mm. so yeah they were able to lay off that pitch they really went after the fastball um you know it was a pretty much an even split from <clears throat> gossman he threw 40 fastballs 37 splitters um and, and seattle just wasn't interested in the splitter they wanted to attack the fastball 
and uh, they did. And, and, you know, they had some really good at bats and, and even in the, the, the first inning, you know, Julio hits a ball 108 miles an hour, just yeah, you know, right to Chapman. So, um, and that's the only <laughs> way that he could have been doubled off in that situation right, as well, right. hitting that ball 108. Because if that's a slow roller, he's beating that easy. It's two nothing Mariners. Um, right. It's yeah. like I, said, I mean, Gossman only threw 85 pitches in five innings. Uh, there were a lot of high stress pitches in that 85. So, yeah. Uh, and like you said, they only struck out three times. Uh, it was. It was a good, solid performance from a struggling offense. And, you know, we keep saying, well, maybe this will be the one that turns it around. I, okay. Do yeah. it three or four games in a row and then I'll, then I'll start to buy it. But, uh, yeah. you know, it was still, it was good to see from an offense that has been, um, how do I say this nicely? Inept for the most part. Sure. <laughs> yeah. And, yeah. And that's putting it nicely, quite frankly, because there yeah. are a lot other words that I could use that I probably shouldn't use on uh, this particular show, maybe on control zone, but not this, not this show. Yeah. And it's, it was, it was Frazier and France doing a lot of heavy lifting, uh, six yeah. hits between them. Um, three through six. And by the way, Ty France being able to have a three hit game, despite wincing every time he was running around the bases, mm-hmm. apparently, by the way, I was in right center field. So I had no clue. <laughs> I saw him yeah. like uh, when he, um, when he slid into second, I think there was a it was a double play or it was a fielder's choice or something. Right. He he kind of got up a little gimpy, but he ran to the dugout fine. And I told you that, but you had told me that on the broadcast he was visibly like in pain. And Blowers was even uh, acknowledging it on the broadcast. Yeah, yeah, it looks like it's a hip flexor for for him. I believe that's the official diagnosis. Uh, mm. You know, he's going to try and work through it. He's in the lineup today. Uh, wouldn't be surprised if we see him DH a little bit. He says it hurts mostly when he swings, mm. um, which is crazy considering that he hit th- that he had three hits yesterday, including a home run that was just yeah. absolutely smashed. <laughs> mm-hmm. uh, so yeah, it's we'll see how it affects him. We we saw France try to play through an injury last year, uh, didn't go too well, but that was an injury to the wrist, which is mm. different. And obviously, Ty is not a burner, nor does he play a position where he has to be. Mm. extremely quick so uh maybe he'll be able to play through it we'll see uh looked okay yesterday so mm. um, hopefully he uh, he has another good game tonight all right so we're going to be uh diving into the minor leagues a little bit and talking some kyle lewis some evan white some emerson hancock some medwin arroyo um and maybe even robert perez who's been uh Pretty surprising down in uh, Loe Modesto so far. But real quick, a reminder, this episode of Locked On Mariners is brought to you by Built Bar. I love brownies, but do you know what I love more? Brownie batter. Sometimes I eat half the batter just while I'm making the brownies. So imagine if you could lick that brownie spatula clean and get some protein in. Well, you're in luck because Built has a new creation and this one is better than ever. The brownie batter puff. You heard me right. This puff takes protein bars to a whole new level and they're available right now on Built.com. Have you ever tried the Built Puffs? I'm not sure what you're waiting for because Puffs are a chocolate covered marshmallow protein bar. That's right. Delicious flavored marshmallow covered in 100% real chocolate. With 140 calories, 17 grams of protein, and only 7 grams of sugar, brownie batter puffs are the perfect pick-me-up for any day. And all Built Puffs, again, are covered in 100% real chocolate. That means with Built, you can eat healthy and actually enjoy doing it. So go to Built.com, try some brownie batter puffs, 
or whatever you want. There's a lot of great flavors on Built.com. Use promo code LOCKED15, that's L-O-C-K-E-D-1-5, for 15% off your order. That's L-O-C-K-E-D-1-5, again, for your 15% off your order at Built.com. You're listening to Locked On Mariners. Thank you again for making us your first listen of the day. For your next listen, check out the Locked On Now podcast with recaps of MLB games with analysis from our local experts, taking fans through the season like no other network. It is free and available wherever you get your podcasts, just like us. So we got a lot going on in the minor leagues for the Mariners right now. Kyle Lewis is still continuing his rehab stint. He played again last night. Uh, The decision to call him up is coming up soon his stent uh, his rehab stent ends officially on sunday but they do have the option of keeping him down there so they don't have to rush that they don't have to force that situation uh evan white is back now as well and that's really good news obviously there's uh no expectations of him coming up to the major leagues at any point this season, really. He's got a lot that he needs to work on. He also needs to prove that he can stay healthy because that's also been quite an issue for him over the last year, year and a half. Um, but let's uh, let's get into these guys. Uh, let's let's actually talk about Evan White first. Um, what would you like to see out of out of Evan White? Obviously, I you know talked about the the health and uh, some of the things that he needs to work on. But what does he need to work on down there? Uh, he's got to make more contact. Um, <clears throat> he's striking out way too much. Uh, it appeared to me, and you know, we honestly haven't seen Evan White that much. Uh, seems like we have, but we really haven't. Uh, but it seems like to me that Evan White's big thing is that he was really selling out for power um, to try and justify him playing first base in a way. Um, and that's just not necessary. Evan White is going to be a better player if he's hitting 280 with 18 to 20 home runs than if he's hitting, you know, a buck 90 with 30 home runs. He's just a better player uh, when he's hitting doubles and line drives. Uh, So we'll see. Um, You know, I don't know if that was a Mariners thing or if that was a a Evan White thing. Um, Ultimately, you know, Evan controls his own development. Um, So we'll see what he decides to do. It's it's probably going to take him a while just to, you know, readjust. So judging him by his numbers – in his first 10 to 20 days, really not worthwhile. You just want to make sure he's healthy um, and he's able to play back-to-back days. He played six innings yesterday, I believe it was, at first base. Uh, they're kind of easing him in. Um, you just want to see him play, you know, uh, probably going to not play back-to-back days for a little bit. But, uh, you know, there again, there's no rush. After his rehab assignment is over, they will just option him down to AAA. It's not a big deal. Um and he will get to play there, and I, he's got to earn his way back to the big leagues. And the way he does that is by putting up numbers, hitting, producing, uh, hitting the ball hard, and striking out less. He can't be a 35% strikeout guy. That's mm-hmm. not who he is. He can't succeed at that. He needs to be 25% or lower, and he needs to be pretty confident that he can carry that level into the big leagues. Um, so I hope he goes back to kind of what his original profile was, was that you know he can pop you know, 25 home runs some years, but he's mostly going to be in the twenties, low twenties, and he's going to hit 260 to 280 with, Mm -hmm. you know, plus defense at first base and above average speed and base running ability. He's a much better player that way than what we've seen when he was selling out for power. You know what that kind of sounds like to me? Mark Canna is a first baseman. Pretty much. It's honestly, it's, it's pretty tie France. I mean, France is a better hitter, but yeah, it's just, it's, it's not the traditional, like, 
I'm going to hit 35 home runs. I'm the first baseman type of profile. But yeah, right. it is very, very Mark Canna. And Canna played some first base in the big league. Yep. So, yep. Yeah. Um, all right. So then Kyle Lewis uh, still hasn't played back to back days in the, in the outfield. Uh, there's obviously been the uh, word from Jerry DePoto that he uh, hasn't responded well to uh, playing out in the outfield. Um, if he can't do that, but I mean, we're seeing the way that he's hitting and this team could use a, some sort of jolt offensively. Mm-hmm. If he can only DH, do you still call him up at some point? Or do you just, yeah. is it not worth it to you at that point? No, it's it's still worth it, but you have to be able to play. And this is a hurdle he hasn't cleared yet, which hopefully he can clear tonight, I believe. Um, I don't believe the Rainiers are off tonight. So he can clear tonight three days in a row uh, playing, uh, even if it is just a DH. He hasn't done that yet. Uh, he's done two days in a row a couple times, um, but he hasn't done three days in a row yet. Uh, and he you know, has had to miss three games in a row on two separate occasions. So, uh, yeah, can he play tonight? Can he give you three in a row? If so, then maybe it's worth just bringing him up. Um, it's just really hard to have a guy who you can only play two games a week and they can't even be consecutive. You yeah. know what I mean? That, it's just really hard to carry that guy on your roster, no matter how much of an upgrade he is offensively. But, uh, yeah, you know, you watch Mike Ford, you watch Steven Souza. Um, <clears throat> you watch, you know, Dylan Moore, and it's like, yeah. I mean, some of the guys at the marriage are running through the DH spot. Yeah, they could use Kyle Lewis. So yeah. if, he can pl- if he plays tonight, I think that's a really good sign. I still think maybe he doesn't come up on Monday. He doesn't rejoin the team on the homestand on Monday. I think maybe they keep him down for another week. Um, I, I really do think that they want to see if they want to see him play in the field at least twice a week. Um, doesn't have to be back to back, but if he can pl- play, you know nine innings of left field on Monday and Thursday, and he's able to DH on either Tuesday or Wednesday, I think that's when you'll know he's ready to go. But yeah, they could call him up at any time. It's 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 certainly not a bad decision if they do. And offensively right now, he's hitting the living hell out of the ball. Uh, he had a five RBI night the other night sure. uh, with a home run. Um, to right field. Yeah. Again. And he just, yeah. And he just missed another home run to dead center field. Deepest yeah. part of the ballpark. Uh, yeah. I mean, we we know Lewis is is at least a league average bat at least yeah and, and I mean the time. and the opposite field power is ridiculous it's, I mean oh, the, yeah, it's legit. Yeah. yeah it's 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 nuts um yeah mm-hmm. everything that we saw in uh, 2020 and that kind of started like we really started to see that opposite field power really develop in a summer camp in 2020 mm-hmm. and uh, that's just stayed and that's continued to to just kind of be his thing. Uh, that's kind of his bread and butter now. Uh, yeah. Let's go uh, lower in the minor league. So uh, Emerson Hancock made his season debut. He was on a 25 pitch count. Um, what did you hear about his start? A uh, little shaky, as you might expect. He hasn't pitched in a very long time. Uh, <clears throat> went uh, one in a third innings, I believe. Struck out two. Um, gave up two runs, one earned. Uh, I believe it was three hits. Only one of them was was hit you know, pretty hard. One of them was a drawn in infield CNI single type of situation. So he he was okay. It sounds like it wasn't great uh, by any stretch, but he was okay. And and it's, again, it's his first time out. He got out of it healthy. As far as we know, Um, he should be back on the mound uh, either this weekend or early next week, uh, Sunday, Monday, Tuesday, somewhere in that range. And we'll see where his pitch counts at. But uh, yeah, overall, you know, he threw strikes for the most part. 
uh, got a few strikeouts, got his feet wet, got his, his 25 pitches in, and uh, they called it a day. So they're going to be cautious with him. Uh, it's it's the right call, certainly, with, with the injuries he's faced. Um, so it was he got back on the mound, and that is definitely a step in the right direction. Yeah, and then going even lower in the minors, uh, there's a couple of guys in low A, Modesto right now, who are just hitting the ball a ton. Uh, Edwin Arroyo, second-round draft pick from uh, last year's class, has uh, has been slashing 316, 365, 649 in the month of May, 153 WRC+. plus. He's hit um, four home runs, three doubles, two triples. Colby, power was the big question mark with Arroyo because we've felt that his glove would stick at shortstop. He was going to be at least an average glove there or two and above average glove there at shortstop. Uh, he... The hit tool was nice, but there were obviously questions about his ability to hit for power. And now he's hitting for power. And one of those home runs even came off of a friend of the Mariners, Cole Irvin, who was on a rehab stint down in uh, in the low A uh, the other night, which uh, that 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 brought a smile to my face, especially after uh, coming home from uh, watching the Mariners get shut out. <laughs> that was uh, that was a nice little boost to the old uh, mental health there. <laughs> yes, uh, future Seattle Mariner and current Seattle Mar- Mariner punching bag Cole Irvin uh, served one up. Um, yeah, Arroyo has been great, and and again, it's it's worth noting that he's 18 years old. Um, yeah, he's he's a young 18, so. He's very young for that age group, and the power in-game power is not something that we saw as legit, legitimate or like part of his game. We were hoping maybe he could slap the ball around. It honestly, it's kind of a JP Crawford type of of vibe to it. It's above average defense at shortstop, good base runner, maybe not a great base stealer, but a good base runner, good speed, slap the ball around, maybe at two sixty, get on base thirty three percent of the time, and any power you got was a bonus. Well, at eighteen years old, he's he's one of the premier power hitters in the California league. And uh, that, that's a pretty good sign. It's, it's again, we'll see how it goes. He's still four years away from the big leagues, five years away from the big leagues. So a mm-hmm. uh, long way to go in his development, but it's, it's been great to see. And, and it, it is a surprise. And if he can continue this for, you know, a little while longer, he might end up in, in uh, might end up in Everett before all is said and done. But I, I think mm-hmm. the Mariners are pretty content in letting him play it out mostly in Modesto and uh, see what he can do. Uh, with the whole year down there he's he's so young so if he keeps on hitting for power do you think we we start talking about top 100 prospect status here maybe because he is definitely going to stay up the middle or he definitely can it's it's not really a question if he's a major league shortstop we know that he is going to be good enough to stay there now obviously sometimes you move to second for position maybe you're blocked blah 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 but uh, he is good enough to play shortstop at the big league level, and that is going to carry a lot of weight because staying up the middle uh, is is huge, and most prospects can't do it. We know Arroyo can, and if he's going to hit for power, <clears throat> and you know, kind of keep his his you know fifty grade hit tool along the way, then yeah, there's a shot he, he sneaks into the back end. Probably not this year, but uh, maybe some point next year, mid season re ranks next year if he continues to hit like this. And then Robert Perez Jr. Um, wow, this guy, uh, this guy's been ridiculous. This is his second season down in uh, low A and in 35 games, he is slashing 293, 
77 with a 664 slugging percentage, 158 WRC plus. He's hit 14 bombs already. And last night he hit one 475 feet at 108 miles per hour. And apparently, according to Keaton Galogli, friend of the show and uh, the voice of the Modesto nuts, <coughs> said that was a low estimate. Because the track man wasn't even accounting for the weather there and the wind. That, mm -hmm. I'm just, I'm blown away by that. Who is this guy? Like, I, <clears throat> I, I knew of him, right? I knew the name. I, I had seen, uh, you know, some write-ups about him and, and stuff like that. But, Colby, who, who the hell is Robert Perez Jr.? <laughs> well, as, as far as I can tell, his, his father uh, actually played uh, quite a few years. In, in the minors um and i believe uh, there was a pretty cool call the other day keaton got to call where perez hit his i think it was his eighth or ninth home run of the year mm -hmm. um and keep in mind he has 14 and he made this call like 10 days ago so um yeah but uh it was the 300th home run that the perez uh father-son duo had hit in the minor leagues so that, that was pretty cool his dad nice. he's got some track record there uh, yeah, I don't know much about the guy. I know he played in, in Modesto last year, and he's pretty good. Pretty good. 15 home runs, hit 282, 359, 456, and they put him back down there. And <laughs> and now he's hitting, you know, batting average on base, pretty much the same, but his slugging's jumped 200 points, and he already has 14 home runs. I know the exit velocity, like the metrics on that, they love this guy. He's a first baseman. Um but he's only 6'1", 170. Like, he's such a weird profile mm -hmm. because there's nothing about his stature that suggests he should be dropping bombs like this. But here we are, you know, he's been in the Mariners system now for five years. Uh, it's probably it's probably past time that he gets bumped up to Everett. Um, he's only 21, so it's not, you know, it's not like he's a 24. It's not He's not Cade Marlowe, right? Mm -hmm. So... It's probably past time he gets bumped up to Everett, see what he can do. And maybe the Mariners have, you know, uncovered a gem here because he does have 48 career home runs, um, you know, in, in his minor league career in 300 games. Uh, so there, there's something, and he's he's getting better every single year he's been in the system. So uh, maybe the Mariners have found a little gem here. Old, uh, old Bobby <laughs> Bombs, as uh, Keaton is now calling him. Uh, yeah, that's uh, so, there's some exciting stuff developing in uh in the minors for the mariners and that's good right because they need to kind of replenish their ranks now because guys like julio rodriguez have graduated and mm -hmm. uh the the status of this farm system right now has naturally lowered as to be expected that's not a bad thing but uh cool. yeah and you're seeing that uh more talent is kind of filling in though it's kind of picking mm -hmm. up the slack here um it's really nice it's uh it's it's yeah, I, I'm I'm very excited about what's going on uh, down there, especially down in Modesto and Everett. Both of those teams are really fun. We uh, haven't even talked about guys like Bryce Miller yep, and uh, dominating. Yep. Yeah, Levi Stout uh, has been mm -hmm. uh, really really good down in Arkansas as well. Yeah. Right, uh, Jake Kingsbury, I believe his name is. Uh, uh, Jimmy Ken Kingsbury. Jimmy, yes. Yeah, uh, he's been pitching very well as well. Um, and hey, you know what? Uh, just Sam Carlson made his second outing of the year the other day um looked pretty good so mm -hmm. it's uh it's fun time right now all right so mariners going down to fenway 
uh, for a series that's always just utterly weird uh, with the Red Sox. Uh, so we're going to be talking about that. Uh, it's a fun pitching matchup tonight. We got George Kirby uh, making his third career start against the 42-year-old Rich Hill. So complete opposite ends of the spectrum. We're going to be uh, getting into all of that in just a moment. But real quick, a reminder, this episode of Lockdown Mariners is brought to you by Bet Online. Our partners at Bet Online continue to be the number one source for all your betting needs and sports info. Find all the latest odds, news, and sports developments, including this year's basketball playoffs, Major League Baseball scores, fights, and even next season's NFL futures. Bet Online is your continued source for all your sporting wagering information from live betting to playoffs, esports, and more. Head to the website today or use your mobile device to learn more about the trends and action. Bet Online is where the game starts. So, George Kirby. Uh, making his third career start uh, against Rich Hill, whose nickname I cannot repeat on this show, but I could probably say it on, on Control the Zone. <laughs> it's a great nickname. It's a great nickname. Just probably can't say <clears throat> it on it, here or, or else I'll get yelled at probably. What by, is it? Uh, find out on Control the Zone later today. What is it? You should what subscribe to Control the Zone. Stop pestering me. Say it. <laughs> so uh, the Red Sox have been bad this year uh yeah. to start uh they um they're in fourth right now in the uh the ALE they've been uh, they are so 15 Mariners. and 22 uh yeah. yes the the Mariners have also been bad <laughs> this year to start uh Trevor Story has been disappointing for the Red Sox mm-hmm. uh, so of course naturally he's going to uh, pull a Manny Margo series Big series. Yeah, yeah, this is gonna this is gonna be the Manny Margot. This is gonna be the Reese Hoskins of mm-hmm. uh this series. Uh <laughs> because of course, of course it's going to be. But yeah, a lot of a lot of guys, um, as you are dying on the opposite end here. Uh, but a lot of guys are um uh struggling for the uh Red Sox right now. Uh Kike Hernandez, of course, has has been off to a slow start. Uh he was obviously a big part of their uh their postseason run last year, uh, Jackie Bradley Jr., who they traded Hunter Renfro for, for some reason. I still don't understand that nope. trade whatsoever. <clears throat> no yeah, I still don't get that trade whatsoever. He, Jackie Bradley Jr., has been, you know, good defensively, but completely, yep. utterly useless offensively. He's been Jackie Bradley Jr. Yeah, Alex <clears throat> Verdugo has been terrible. Yeah, Bobby Dahlback has been terrible. Like, not that this. Yeah, this uh but you know from some of their uh their bigger names uh they're not mm-hmm. getting a lot of production. Obviously, you know, guys like Xander Bogarts, uh JD Martinez, Rafael Devers, those guys are still producing. Yep. Uh but outside of those three, this offense really hasn't been able to get anything going uh for the Red Sox. And so uh in the pitching, not spectacular either. Nathan Navaldi has significantly regressed. Uh, they went into this offseason, they signed Rich Hill, they signed Michael Walker, and they signed uh, <clears throat> James Paxson, who still isn't pitching. Uh, that didn't really move the needle for me. We talked about how weird the offseason was for the Red Sox. Um, yeah, so this is, a, this is a really weird team, a team that should be better than it is, and a team that probably should have put it itself in a position to be better than, than it is. Um, yeah. Felt like they really cheaped out. Uh, yeah, like they put all their eggs on the Trevor Story basket, which, and that was kind of like a thing that fell into their lap. Yeah, you know that wasn't really like a. I I I would assume that wasn't necessarily a priority of theirs to start this thing off. Didn't seem like it. Now he's running a thirty-one percent strikeout rate, eighty WRC plus. 
Um, now look, the Red Sox are, they have too many good hitters for this to continue. I mean, like Enrique Hernandez is better than we've seen. Um, you know, Alex Verdugo is certainly better than he's performed right now. I like Verdugo. I think he's a really cool yeah. player, uh, but he's put, put up a 52 WRC plus it's, it's going to turn around. And it just feels like with the luck the Mariners have had this year, it's inevitably going to turn around starting tonight. Uh, <laughs> it just, I mean, tell me I'm wrong. It doesn't feel like that, but. Uh, I mean, yeah, this series is always weird in Boston. It feels like a trap. Like, okay. Yeah. Boston's struggling. Okay. Okay. Yeah, and all I'm the- asking is like, hey, let's get, let's get two out of three or two out of four. You know, let's get home with a 500 road trip, tough yeah. road trip, go 500. That'd be awesome. Yeah. All I'm asking is for two, and it feels like they're going to get swept. I I don't know. Yeah, this series is, like I said, it's always weird because you got, you know, the green monster, of course, in left, and then you got the short porch in right, and then you got the weird triangle in center field and all that. Yeah, it's it's such a weirdly uh, <clears throat> built ballpark. Um, obviously a legendary ballpark, but a very weird-looking ballpark. In terms of aesthetics, it's like middle of the road, though despite all yeah it's like it's like it's it's definitely not trash but it's like mid it's 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 mid-tier it's like a mid-tier ballpark yeah it's better than like toronto and oakland yeah yeah texas the trop yeah like it's better than all those but like (laughs) like just in terms of like ballpark beauty i'm always like "Mm." yeah it's like Mm. it would be somewhere in the 15 range for me probably don't get me wrong i'd I'd still want to go like it's it's a really cool ballpark Oh, for sure. Um, but it's Plus the walk, ones. like the walk to the ballpark through that yeah, little like yeah, village yeah. or whatever that they have there. Yeah, that's cool. It's very cool. Like, I yeah, don't get me wrong. I'm not. I'm not trying to trash. Just like aesthetically, watching it on TV. Like, yeah. If you didn't know any of the history and you just were watching that, you'd be like, especially when it's rainy and gray and like it just yeah, yeah it, it looks bad. But um, I don't like day games look too good in Boston either. To be fair, so. yeah, yeah. I just I I don't know. Like I said, it's it's a ballpark I definitely want to go to, and it's. It's better than some of the modern ballparks, which is frankly disturbing that that the yeah. Texas Rangers couldn't beat the aesthetic of Fenway Park. But <laughs> whatever, man. It's 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 always fun to go to Fenway and anything can happen. No lead is safe. Uh, yeah. kind of adds to the the you know the wildness that can happen to and the Mariners have ball. fallen on the wrong side of that too many times before. Yeah. Uh, I believe there was, uh, what was it, 2013? Didn't they blow like an eight-run lead in the ninth or something yeah, like that? Yeah, yeah, just, yeah. Yeah, just, yeah. yeah. I, I mean, they, they took two of four last year, so, yeah. you know. they, they, they And one of those there. starts was uh, Nick Margavages, who couldn't make it out of the first inning, and that was when he oh, got yeah. hurt, right? Yeah, I think so. <laughs> yeah. uh, I remember flexing through very well in, in his start last year. Mm. Um, in Boston, so yeah, we'll we'll see how it all goes. Um, be really great to get tonight's, but uh, Rich Hill is actually one of the guys that's actually performing on this team. So mm-hmm. um, we'll yeah, see what team, happens there. The team has been weird. Uh, they got utterly destroyed by the the Astros two nights ago. Uh, they gave up nine runs in the second inning. Uh, Kyle Tucker hit, I think, two grand slams, or he hit the second of the Astros grand slam, <laughs> something like that. Um, I know that the Astros had five home runs in one inning. Yeah. Yeah. Jeremy Pena went over the uh, green monster. Uh, they played highlights of it during the in-between innings at the ballpark yeah. the other night. Yeah. Um, so. But I, I would say the pitching matchups do appear to favor the Mariners. That's, yeah. that's ever mattered. Certainly the not, la- not the last week that hasn't mattered whatsoever, but 
Hill versus Kirby, Waka versus Ray, Whitlock versus Flexen, and Ivaldi versus Gilbert. Like that's advantage Seattle, but mm-hmm. that doesn't matter. Come on, yeah, we know no. better. No, 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 and it it just takes one swing of the bat from an Alex Verdugo or a JD Martinez or a mm-hmm. um, you know Rafael Devers to. Uh, or Xander Bogarts, you know, there's still a lot of talent in this lineup. There's still a lot of talent on this team. Trevor Story as well, I'm sure. I, I'm just, I'm I'm preparing myself. I am mentally <laughs> preparing myself for Trevor Story to just break out in this uh, in this series. So um, I know I know we got to run, but real fast here, let's hypothetically let's let's fast forward to Monday, and obviously we're on tomorrow's show. We'll talk about tonight's game and yada yada. Yeah, yeah. Let's let's fast forward here. Let's say we get on Monday, right? We get on the yeah, show yeah. Monday, and the Mariners have split. The, the four game series against Boston. They're mm. coming back home. How do you feel about the series? How do you feel about uh, the road trip overall? Uh, road trip, I think, cons- all things considered, how bad the offense looked at times. Mm-hmm. Um, baking it out 500, I feel pretty good about that. <laughs> like, that's like, okay, you survived. All it right. It feels so like, like a 55 grade road trip to me. Yeah. That's like, everything. Like that's yeah. a, that's a win to me. Uh, yeah. Considering everything that happened, that feels like a very 2021 Mariners kind of yeah. outcome. Survive, you know, survive, survive on the road. Yeah. Kind of get back, try and build some momentum. Yeah. Yeah. Schedule will start to get a little bit easier here. A little bit <laughs> soon, soon, soon. more right. so in June than towards the, the end of this month. But, August yeah. is the money month, by the way. But yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah. it's certainly, yeah, you know, yeah. got to play Houston again, but you know, it's, yeah, I, I'd feel yeah. okay about it. Yeah. I'd so be, I, I was hoping four and six like that. That was like, if they go four and six, I'm okay. Like, yeah, it's not a disaster. So yeah. If they somehow come out of Boston <laughs> winning three or even sweeping and four, like that would be massive, which, mm, yeah. But I mean, like, <laughs> Hey, there is a possibility here that if it, they do sweep, they would get back, they would get back to 500. So who knows? That possibility certainly does exist. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> now, is it likely? Mm, By the way, <clears throat> just just for just to clarify here uh, for everybody, mm-hmm. uh, 500 right now, if the season ended today, would get you in the playoffs. Just throwing that out there. <laughs> Doesn't matter. Uh, but the seventh seed right now, I believe, would be the White Sox at 18 and 19. Oh, no, sorry. The Blue Jays. At there's only six seeds, though. Six? Yeah, there's only six. Oh, yeah, 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 Six sorry. playoffs. You're right. You're right. You're right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. Yeah. You're right. So, yep, I'm off. I, I, I've I've seen you say that on Twitter a couple times now too. I think you've been operating seven? under the impression that there was seven, that there were seven teams. Yeah. No, because that's weird. I always, I knew I knew there were six for some reason. Okay, whatever. Either way, <laughs> it's all good. All Either right. Way. Uh, real quick before we hop off, George Kirby. Uh, what are you hoping to see? Yeah, uh, just you know, continue to be aggressive with the fastball. Uh, it's it's kind of a it's kind of a varied lineup. It's not right-handed heavy or anything like that. So uh, it's, it's going to be important for him to have the, the slider and the changeup. Uh, we'll see how he can manage his emotions. You know, it's again, first career start on mother's day, second career start against his, you know, in his basically his hometown. Uh, and now his third career start, he gets to go, you know, pitch in Fenway park. Um, it's, it's, you know, been a pretty eventful three, three start stretch for George Kirby. So, just control his emotions. Try and keep the Mariners in the game. He did a good job of this last time around. Um, I'm sure he'll be fine. But, uh, you know, five, six innings, three, four runs at most, and just kind of give the Mariners a shot to win this game. And and hopefully they can do something off of uh, Rich Hill. Fenway Pack. All right. It's going to be a lot pack. of fun. 
that's going to do it for our show. Thank you so much for joining us here on the Locked On Mariners <clears throat> podcast. For Colby Patnoed, I'm Tidy Gonzalez. We'll be back tomorrow to cover tonight's action at Fenway, get you set for game two and more. In the meantime, be sure to give us a follow on Twitter at LO underscore Mariners. You can follow me at Dane Gonzalez, that's D-A-N-E-G-N-Z-L-Z, and Colby at CPAT11, that's C-P-A-T-1-1. You can also find all that stuff in the description of this episode. And thank you again for making us your first listen of the day, just like you do here every day. Now make your second listen of the day, Locked on MLB. That's where Paul Francis Sullivan, and please call him Sully, brings you his unique perspective on the Major League's present and past. It's free wherever you get your podcasts just like us. So have yourself a beautiful baseball day, and we will see you tomorrow. Peace.